0: Pull those belts tight, put on your helmet, and grab a gear. It's time for another high-speed episode of Race Chaser Media's Motorsports Madness, powered by MyComputerCareer.edu. Training for a better life. Let's throw the green and send it to the hosts in the studio. Well, host,
1: singular this evening. Welcome to Motorsports Madness. My name is Tom Baker. Now, we do have an additional host, but he's not in the studio. Peter Strada going to be joining us from, uh, well, I guess, uh, see, that's what I love about Nikea James. When she produces a show, uh, she's already got Peter Strada on the Strutmasters.com hotline out of the pits and onto the track with us. Uh, so, Peter, how you doing out there? What's happening up at High Point?
2: I'm doing pretty good. campus, is slowly uh, getting less and less crowded.
1: Less and less crowded, okay? I think that's a good thing, maybe. Um, But uh, Peter's going to be joining me this evening via the, as I said, the Strutmasters.com hotline uh, for the show. Randy Miller is out tonight, as is Jacob Seelman, as is Noah Lewis. Um, So Peter and I are going to hold the fort down. Now, we do have a special guest tonight as well, Sam Butler, one of the fastest rising young stars in the NASCAR Advance Auto Parts Late Model Series uh, Weekly Racing Series. Let me do that right. The NASCAR Advance Auto Parts Weekly Racing Series Late Models, there we go, um, is going to be joining us. He just won, Saturday night, the Bobby Isaac Memorial 100 at Hickory Motor Speedway, one of the two biggest races the track holds. Um, And to do it, he had to pass the National NASCAR Championship Points Leader, and the second place car, Ryan Millington and Josh Berry, he raced with them the entire race, passed them both, and drove away to get the win. So Sam's going to join us a little later as well. We want to get you, uh, uh, let you meet him and get to know him a little bit. Uh, he is a young man you're going to want to follow because he has a very bright future in this sport, I believe. So uh, we're going to talk to Sam as well, and of course. Man, what a news day. Bubba Wallace has made a big announcement today regarding his future. We're going to get to that right after we take a break. And we've also got uh, other NASCAR news to tell you about. NASCAR's shortening a track. We'll talk to you about that coming up uh, and all the news of the week, plus the uh, hot topics. We'll look back, we'll look ahead, and we'll do all of it right after this.
6: Hi, I'm Jesse Love, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show.
1: Jesse Love, one of the up-and-coming stars of the sport, uh, who's currently in the Toyota Racing Development Program. Uh, we've had Jesse on this show several times. He's actually uh, off running a, a pair of uh, midget shows. I think Power Eye, I'm not sure, might be USAC. But uh, I think he's running a pair of uh, Power I Midget shows with Keith Coons Motorsports this weekend. Okay, welcome to Motorsports Fandoms. My name is Tom Baker from Race Chaser Media. And on the phone, we have my co host for the evening. That is Peter Strada. Peter is from uh, TSJ Sports. And uh, of course, uh, our other two co hosts, I mentioned in the opening segment, Randy Miller and Noah Lewis both out today. Jacob Seelman also still uh, out. Hopefully we may see Jacob back in the studio next week. We're keeping our fingers crossed for that. Um, So uh, Jacob will return very soon. And, uh, so Peter and I will hold down the fort tonight. We got a lot to talk about Sam Butler coming up at eight o'clock and, uh, we'll see if we may be able to sneak Randy in before the show's over on the phone as well. Uh, everybody uh, had other commitments this week. Lots going on. Um, Noah is actually, uh, covering NASCAR racing this weekend. So, uh, we'll look forward to having him back next week to tell us all about that. Okay. Peter Strada, first of all, welcome back to the show. Um, I keep looking over at the Seaman seat and you're not there. Uh, so I can just stare into the camera uh, and talk to you tonight. So first of all, um, Bubba Wallace not coming back to Richard Petty Motorsports in 2021. Um, I mean, I think we all knew this was a possibility, but I don't know about you, but I just couldn't quite imagine the scenario um, given all that we kept hearing about RPM what are you hearing about the details of this?
2: I honestly couldn't imagine, couldn't picture it either before reading the tweets that came out today. I really thought that Bubba and RPM were building something special over there, getting so many more partners, so many different companies on that 43 Chevrolet. And it'll be weird seeing that car on track next year without Bubba Wallace in it for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I think it is going to be crazy. Um, it's It's really... Um, now it, it really throws the silly season into super silly mode because I keep hearing, you know, that, that there's a lot of, um, I mean, there seems to be a lot of conversation around Bubba and the 48. I, I just, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't see that. I just don't see it. Uh, maybe, um, you know, it's 2020 after all, and, and and I don't mean anything negative toward Bubba in terms of talent or anything else. I just am not sure he's exactly the right um, fit at Hendrick based upon what Hendrick normally looks for, his sort of archetypical driver choices. But, um, I, I mean, I believe that if you put Bubba in championship equipment, Bubba will go out and win. And so, you know, from that standpoint, you um, but, man, you got the 42 open because Matt Kenseth has pretty much indicated he's probably not coming back. You, you've got uh, Bubba out there, Eric Jones out there. A.J. Allmendinger would love to get back to Cup if um, if somebody offered him the right situation. Greg Biffle has said he would come back to Cup full-time if he got offered the right situation. Um, Kyle Larson is obviously still hanging around out there. Um you know, there there are just so many drivers that are, you know, we don't know what Matt DiBenedetto's future is. Corey LaJoy has announced he's not coming back to go fast. So what does that mean for his future? Um, the 37 may be open because there's a lot of rumor about Ryan Priest going to the 98 Xfinity car with Stuart Haas racing. Um, Chase Briscoe coming up to cup. Probably will fill the 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 seat in the 32. We, we don't know what Clint Boyer's future is. I mean, it's just, uh, all of this is just crazy. I mean, d- do you see, and now we got Ty Dillon out there as well. If the rumors about the 13 are true and um, that team gets sold, we don't know if Ty would go with it or what the situation is. So you got to throw him into the, the possible pool of free agents. Um, gosh, man, where do you even begin to start trying to figure out where these pieces fit?
2: I mean, this silly season's been crazy already. We saw Kozlowski was kind of the first domino to fall a couple months ago when he re-signed in the 2 car, and yeah. I think Bubba was the next big domino to fall. And over the next week or two, I think we'll see a lot of shifting, a lot of butts going into seats, and the musical chairs starting to somehow work some sort of semblance for a 2021 grid for the Cup Series.
0: I
1: mean, we've actually, you know, we were hearing for a good while that the 88 car for Hendrick might go away and you may see Alex Bowman move over. Um, I mean, it's just been extra crazy this, this year already up to this point. Um, and I don't, I mean, honestly, I feel like there are more elite winning drivers out there than there are elite winning rides available right now. And that's what's interesting to me about this whole thing is that I feel like somebody is going to, it's like musical chairs. Literally somebody is not going to have a seat in a top car, or maybe a couple of bodies are not going to have a seat in a top car. You've got rumors about Richard Petty going to Toyota, maybe becoming a two car team. Um, Denny Hamlin potentially being involved in that ownership group. It's just insane. The amount of activity with drivers and especially with teams this, the, at this point with the 13 team being up in the air and, and RPM maybe moving. It, it's just nuts. When you think about it, all the stuff that you're hearing and and, um, and yet we we we've spent, obviously, the first uh, part of the show talking about all that and we've got playoffs going on. So that kind of tells you where we're at when, you know, silly season is almost overpowering the playoff race right now.
2: Absolutely. I mean, obviously, the season being put on hold for a couple months back earlier this year with the shutdown really put all these contract talks on hold and everything's starting to swell to the surface now. So. At some point, everyone's going to hopefully find a seat. And I have a feeling that the grid for the 2021 Daytona 500 will look a lot different than many have expected.
1: There's no question. Okay, so um, we're going to play a little what if here, uh, or I'm going to play a little what if with you at least. Um, All right. If you were a car owner and you've got, You know, a a winning car, and and you could choose from any of the drivers that are kind of hanging out there at this point. Who are you putting in your car as your number one draft pick, so to speak?
2: My number one draft pick would be Kyle Larson. I mean, we've seen how much he's been tearing up the dirt track ranks this year, and I think he's a man on a mission. Once someone signs him back into NASCAR, I'd put Ganassi at about a mid the car he was in is about a mid-tier car if he gets anything better than what the 42 car was i think he's a championship contender right out of the gate so i think he's still the highest touted free agent driver and i don't think he will be for much longer
1: where do you see him going i mean i'm looking at the 14 car and i'm hearing clint boyer who now has switched from, I really want to be back in, in the, in the 14 car to, I, I, I'd love to be, continue to be involved in the sport in any way I can. Um, and I think the part you leave out there is even if it's in the Fox booth and I'm, I start to smell how, how can we pull enough sponsorship together to put Larson in that car? Um, and then at that point, you know, maybe Clint goes to another one of these rides or whatever, but um, where does Larson land? Do you think he's, where would you, where do you think he's most likely to land?
2: I think he's most likely to land the 14. Him and Tony have a relationship predating Larson's NASCAR career. They've been buddies in dirt racing for over 10 years now. And I think Tony's wanted Larson in one of his cars since before he ever joined the Cup Series in a, big dynasty development program so if i were betting on larson i'd say he's into 14 for 2021
1: well um yeah i i think that's his best bet because uh again i think if kyle's going to come back he wants to win and i think that's the best shot that he would have to actually win we're going to pick this up right where we're leaving it off as soon as we get back from this how
7: to be a great dad in 15 seconds
0: Hi, this is Tyler Ingram, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back. We continue with Motorsports Madness, presented by Race Chaser Radio. Um, Tom Baker and Peter Strada, I have just made an executive decision. We are going to make a bit of a detour here. We'll get back to the, pl- the uh, Silly Season talk a little later. But I want to get to some conversation with you, Peter Strada, um, about the truck series. Because as we both know, as this show is going on live, which is on Thursday night, um, we are on live on the Performance Motorsports Network and also on Race Chaser Radio, which is uh, accessible by going to the homepage at Race Chaser Online. Dot com. And just scrolling down and uh, clicking on the live player, you can hear the show live. Um, if you got the PMN Radio app, you can hear it live on there, too. But uh, as we go live with this, the truck race starts in less than an hour. And uh, though it may be a little later than that, because I understand that uh, they've had some weathering going on up there in Richmond.
2: Yeah, the forecast said 85% chance of rain, but Noah actually just texted me and said the track looks dry for now. So fingers oh, crossed they at least get it started and they get that more texture working.
1: Okay, I thought I saw something <laughs> that said it actually had rain. So that's, uh, that's good. If it hasn't, hopefully it won't, and we can get, I think it's uh, scheduled for about an 8 o'clock start um, somewhere in there. But um, look forward to... Uh seeing the results of that because this is the final regular season race. So this is the cutoff race for the truck series. The their playoff starts next in the next event. Now, uh, of course, again, for those of you who don't know, the Cup Series playoffs started at Darlington. They're they're all on different schedules this year because of the uh COVID. Pandemic and having to sort of scramble to find race dates and such. So, the the trucks um, truck uh, regular season finale is tonight. Here's the bubble. Uh, I think this is really interesting. You've got Todd Gilliland at ten above the cutoff line. Tyler Ankrum um, is then um, actually. That, uh where am I looking here? No, that's right. Yeah. Todd Gilliland, Tyler Ankrum, and Derek Kraus are the ones that um, that are our concern here as far as making the playoffs or not. Now, of course, below them, you've got some veterans. You've got Stuart Friesen. You've got Johnny Sauter. Um, those two in particular have not won a race yet. If they win, they're in. Um, but they've got to win to be in. Ditto for Rafi Lessard, Tanner Gray, um, we, uh, I was going to say of but he's out of the 45 and we still don't know what happened there. Uh, Trevor Bain taking over uh, that ride effective this week or at least for this week. So out of that group, I mean, you got Gilliland, Ankram, and Krauss. Let's just start with those three. Assuming that we don't get a winner from below the cutoff, Peter, who are the two out of those three that you feel like, have the best shot to come out of tonight with a playoff spot between Gilliland, Ankrum and Krauss.
2: I really like Ankrum. GMS has come on strong of late. They've won, I think four of the last five races. And I really think Ankrum will have a great opportunity for a top five, maybe even a win tonight. And I still think Gilliland, he's a driver on a mission after missing last year's playoffs. He wants to prove that he has the talent to be a true contender in the truck series and, uh, chase after the
1: championship. Yeah. Um, again, Gill and Ancrum both in at the moment. Derek Krause is the one. He's 10 below. He's the one that would be the, the spoiler. Um, unless again, somebody below him wins. Nobody below Derek Krause in 11th place has a chance at the playoffs. Unless they win tonight. That's their only way in would be to win. Um, I, I really like, uh, Gilliland and Ancrum. I, I mean, it's, and I know I, I, I watched Derek finish second last week and I know that team can be tough and all it takes is, you know, some misfortune by either Todd or Tyler, but I like those two. And in fact, I like both of those two to actually contend for the win in this race. I, I think uh, both of them are going to be up in the top five, top seven all day. Um, you know, and, and again, Kraus certainly could be as well. But if I'm picking two out of those three to make the playoffs, I'm picking Gilland and Ancrum. Now I'll throw this one to you, Peter. What do you think of the chances that we see somebody from below the cutoff line get a win tonight and throw it into percentage form for us?
2: Uh, I'd say a pretty low percentage chance, probably like 15 or 20%. I like Starter's odds, honestly, at the win, but he just snake in this year. Something's taking him out of contention every week whether it's a spin whether it's an engine issue whether it's uh failing the dunk test of the tires just something's taking him out of contention in every race he's had shots to win this year but just nothing's panned out i really think kyle bush's quote of it's still 2020 fits johnny solder better than it does kyle bush
1: five top five finishes between the two of them freezing and soldered that's it this year no wins um I would say the chances are 1%. Uh, I don't see either one of am winning tonight, to tell you the truth. Uh, I could see Sauter getting a win at some point this year. But obviously tonight is the determining factor whether he makes the playoffs with that win or not. And I don't see it happening here. I just don't. I, I think the usual suspects are going to be in play. And the reason I throw both Gilliland and Ankram into that mix is because We've seen them both be fast and Ankrum is, is starting to sort of work through his adjustment process. It's taken him a lot of time to adjust from what he was used to in terms of setups and feel with the Toyota to now the Chevy. And it's just been, you know, it's been a while for him to, to kind of get comfortable. Um, He's had some great runs. He's had some really bad luck. You know, it's, it's, it's been kind of a, a mixed bag season. Um, but I believe that Tyler's going to be good enough tonight to get in. And I think Gilliland also with a chance to win. Um, I want to take a moment here while we're talking about trucks and um, Christian Eckes is in the playoffs, so he doesn't have to worry about that. But Christian may have a little bit of extra motivation tonight to go get his first win for Kyle Busch Motorsports because uh, he lost his grandpa uh, a couple of days ago. I think uh, he was, I believe, like 94. Uh, and so I think Christian may be a little bit motivated to go win one for his grandpa. And uh, we want to extend our condolences to uh, Christian and his family as well on, on uh, the loss of uh, Christian's grandfather. Um so we, I think uh, he would be a nice sentimental favorite to, to go get a win at Richmond tonight. Again, he's already in the playoffs, so his win wouldn't affect anything that happens below him. Um, he's already ahead, actually, right now. He's eighth in playoff points. And honestly, um, would you agree with me, Peter, that Christian, for the way he's raced this year, he should have had at least two wins?
2: Oh, I agree. He's had speed in so many races this year, but just something's taking him out of every race. A lot like Johnny Sauter, but maybe not as catastrophically as Sauter. He's had three second place finishes this year. I remember Pocono in specific stood out. Uh, The 18 was leading that race late, and then I think they spawned and ran into some issue because they finished 33rd that day. But yeah, that 18 truck has looked a lot stronger this year than in last year or recent years, and I think once Ekis makes, well, he is in the playoffs. But I think once these playoffs start, he can really be an outside threat of this championship.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I uh, Again, once you get into the playoffs, things have a way of kind of shifting in one way or another. Somebody somebody like a Christian Eggers will come out in the first race and win, and all of a sudden the momentum takes them to the top of the you know the, 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 the heap, so to speak, um, and changes the confidence that they race with after that in the playoffs. so it gives them a shot at the championship. I think uh, Christian's definitely one of those guys that could do that. All right, let's let's uh, talk about disappointments up to up to this point in the season. who would be who are you most disappointed with? In the truck series?
2: My biggest disappointment has got to be Stuart Friesen. This team made the championship four last year on the strength of two wins. They really looked like they were getting better each week, putting races together. And I really thought they'd come out and be a contender for multiple wins and the championship again this year. But the manufacturer change over the offseason at Toyota is just not going right for that team. And that's why. reasons currently 14th in points in a must-win situation tonight
1: yeah i agree It's a good choice uh i'm going to just uh, go with the other i think obvious choice johnny sauter because you expect him to go win at least one or two races every year and that team just hasn't gotten it done they're sitting 15th in points right now no shot at the playoffs unless they win tonight um i'm going with johnny sauter as my biggest disappointment who's your biggest surprise
2: um, the biggest surprise has got to be Sheldon Creed. He's really come on as a player the past couple of weeks and months. He's got three wins. He could have been four this past week at Darlington. And I think that whole GMS stable, once these playoffs start, all all five of them will have a legit shot at this championship, but especially Sheldon Creed.
1: Yeah, Sheldon's on the run for sure. I expected him to have a good year. Uh, my biggest surprise, honestly, is Zane Smith. I, I think. I mean, I I had faith in Zane's talent, and he's got Bono Manion as his crew chief, so I figured he would be fine, but honestly, man, him coming out, knocking off two wins. Um, I I see him as one of the biggest threats to the championship as we go into the playoffs, especially if he comes out with a top three or four finish tonight. Should be really interesting. Okay, so Truck Series running a Thursday night race, and uh, then, of course, Xfinity and Cup the next two nights. And we are going to um, step aside. When we come back, we'll continue talking NASCAR and Sam Butler coming up in a while as well. Stay with us. More of Madness after this.
3: pacey in one of several entry-level positions but whatever you do don't wait these jobs will go fast call tim at 302-827-2054 that's 302-827-2054 lewis meineke car care center rev up your career
8: you hear that
9: Pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at Values.com.
0: Hi, I'm Casey Kane, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show.
1: Okay, so welcome back to Motorsports Madness. This uh, Nikea, our producer and I were gabbing during the break and uh, all of a sudden it was time to go back in the air it's like oh wait um we've got uh, Peter Strata with us from TSJ Sports uh, and he is on the strumpmasters.com hotline this show of course brought to you by mycomputercareer.edu training for a better life we're going to tell you more about them in a little while but uh we i'm going to i'm going to kind of turn this back around again because i just I always watch Twitter during our shows just for anything that may be worth uh, injecting into our discussion. And I happened to see an article by David Smith, who is um, with MotorsportsAnalytics.com. And this article is published on Forbes.com. And the article says... RPM owner, long interested in improving NASCAR's diversity, eyes replacements for Bubba Wallace. I'm going to read some of this article to you, Peter, and obviously for our audience, and then I'm going to ask you for your thoughts here because this is kind of interesting. So, here's I'll start at the beginning. When Andrew Merstein, who now owns Richard Petty Motorsports, established his sports fund years ago with the intent of buying into a professional team. His focus was on partnering with an owner from an underrepresented group and consisted of talks with Michael Jordan. Peter, remember, we'll, we'll get back to that part in a minute. Ties into something else we're hearing about RPM. I didn't know that had happened. The fund ultimately led to his purchasing a share in Richard Petty Motorsports, an organization within the predominantly white sport of auto racing. Merstein sought to shift that decades-long perception, signing Cuban-American driver Arik Almarola in 2012, followed by African-American rookie Bubba Wallace in 2018. Wallace, who confirmed today he's leaving RPM at the end of the 2020 season, despite being offered an ownership stake, takes with him a portfolio of recently acquired sponsors, including Columbia Sportswear, DoorDash, and Cash App. This leaves RPM, a team small in stature compared to the majority of NASCAR heavyweights, in the lurch. Firstly, the organization needs sponsor partners to press forward in a racing series fueled almost entirely by sponsor revenue in all of the recent interest, up to five meetings a week with prospective sponsors from one, according to Merstein, were centered around Wallace. In addition to survival, a cash infusion, regardless of its origin, is something Merstein believes can expedite the growth of the team. Now, I'm going to skip um, a paragraph here because it's not important um, and go to this paragraph, and then we can discuss this. Secondly, Merstein still has interest in providing an opportunity for a driver from an underrepresented group, identifying Japanese-American driver Kyle Larson a winner of six NASCAR cup series races and wait for it, Peter Haley Deegan, the daughter of X games legend, Brian Deegan in an exclusive interview with me in July. And here's his quote. There's different options for us. If we want to continue our drive for diversity, Merstein said, and the possibility of replacing Wallace. I'm looking at drivers like Haley Deegan coming up through the ranks. I would have a heart to heart with Kyle Larson to see if he's worthy of a second chance. Now, there's there's more to the article, and if you want to check it out, you can go to Forbes.com, and I'm actually going to retweet it here when I get a minute on at Race Chaser Media. Um So you can go there as well to uh, to our site, or our uh, Twitter, and access it from there. Peter, Haley Deegan?
2: I mean, she's still at least five years away from the Cup Series. She hasn't even made a National Series start yet, and she said this week she's probably not going to make a truck debut this year pushed off to next year possibly so strong words to mention Haley Deegan as a potential replacement for Bubba in the 43.
1: well yeah I I just thought that was interesting I mean she I agree she's not even I don't know if she's five years but she surely isn't uh, ready now by any stretch of the imagination and I actually think she would agree with that um but Kyle Larson I mean now Before you respond to Kyle Larson, let's also go back. Remember I said, keep keep this in it, you know, put a little bookmark there um, about uh, how Merstein's focus was on partnering with an owner from an underrepresented group and consisted of talks with Michael Jordan. So now we have been hearing that RPM may switch to Toyota And that, uh, Denny Hamlin, who currently obviously runs the FedEx car for Joe Gibbs racing and Jordan may buy into the team. Those two are our business partners. They're, they're great friends. Um, Hamlin is, is a Jordan. Um, well, let's put it this way. He, he looks at Michael Jordan with a lot of respect. I was going to say a worshiper, but I don't want to say it that way. Um, but because Hamlin's a big basketball guy and, um, you know the and so they've been great friends i mean now you start to wonder is there really a possibility that that part could happen now if that happens and they're going to they're going to be basically the replacement for the uh 95 team in the Joe Gibbs Racing uh sort of satellite stable satellite position now you wonder could they then have the kind of a program that would attract Kyle Larson who I know is, I believe with everything in me, is not coming back if he's going to run 20th. He's going to want a winning team. Um, I just, what do you think? I honestly think Kyle Larson is going to go
2: to a proven winning team over taking a chance, even if Michael Jordan is behind a brand new startup team. I I personally would rather him go to a car that, established and is capable of winning races consistently and potentially running for a championship.
1: Yeah. Now, um the other the other possibility here is also addressed in this article and I saved it until after we talked about those two. Um because we also have been hearing that if RPM goes to Toyota, there may be two cars now instead of just the one. So they reserve the number forty four. And so you would have had Bubba, who they were anticipating staying, and Daniel Suarez is the driver they, that was rumored that Toyota would like to have back in competitive equipment. Suarez, of course, ran for Joe Gibbs Racing for a couple of seasons and then um, was sort of dismissed for Eric Jones um, and went over, <coughs> excuse me, to Gaunt Brothers Racing and uh of course has had a really, really miserable season with them, honestly. He's got a little bit of sponsorship with uh Coms, his personal sponsor, Comscope, but um maybe again, you know, y- you just have to wonder here. And then of course you've got Ty Dillon hanging out there, but Ty doesn't really bring in um that sort of underrepresented group, um, nor does Brandon Jones. So Uh, Those are the other two mentioned in the article. So I I just think this article is, in some ways, this article kind of enlightens us and kind of makes more sense out of the whole RPM to Toyota uh, that there's there's already been some discussion with Michael Jordan in the past. And, you know, maybe there's still that going on. And that could maybe be... you know, a little bit more than just uh, somebody's silly pipe dream.
2: I really like the, what the article mentioned about Daniel Suarez because I feel like he hasn't really gotten a fair shake yet in the Cup Series. He inherited the 19 car after Carl Edwards sudden in retirement, but Dave Rogers, the crew chief of that team, left, I think, four or five races into Daniel's rookie year or so. The team he had over at Joe Gibbs was really a shell of its former self that ran with Carl Edwards for a couple championships. And then he didn't really have enough time to really fit in the groove at Stuart Haas Racing. Yeah. So I really like to see him get a fair shakedown in the Cup Series in a somewhat competitive car. So if that is that RPM with Jordan behind it, I'd be all for it. I'd be a huge fan.
1: Thank you for the save on uh, Stuart Haas racing. I skipped right by that and put him over at Gunt Brothers. Yeah, he had a year with Stuart Haas, and he just missed the playoffs. I mean, it wasn't as if he ran poorly. He didn't. And, you know, I think it takes more than a year to react and get comfortable in most cases with a team. We saw Chase Elliott come up. Uh, in the in the Hendrick Motorsports, it took him 99 starts to get a win, and that's in championship equipment with a championship team um, having replaced Jeff Gordon. So, um, you know, I I agree with you. I think we need to get a better data sample for Daniel because he did not – he had a very topsy-turvy situation at JGR. You know, I don't want to paint JGR with a black brush, but their history with developing youngsters – They've had Joey Logano, they've had Daniel Suarez, and they've had Eric Jones, and all three are gone now. Um, And if you look at the length of time that they raced for Gibbs, I think it's been two years, two years, and two years. Um, And Daniel might have had three, I can't remember. But, um, you know, so I don't, their record at the cup level with young drivers being able to you know, perform in the, in the lack of patience with those drivers, I think is, is telling. Um, so I think Eric Jones, if he lands in the right spot, will have, will will do what Joey Logano did at Penske. And I would think that Daniel Suarez now, again, I don't know that the 43 is a great step up, but I think it's better than the Gaunt brothers car.
2: Absolutely. The 43 is at least a chartered car. They'd be in every race next year. And, I think what Bubba has built over there in the past couple of years, they're a bit more of a solid foundation than the Gaunt Brothers 96 car.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I, I really believe that if if you put Daniel in a car, and if, in other words, if I think if he'd had a second year uh, with Stuart Haas, I think you would have seen him in the playoffs, and I think he probably would have won a, won a race. Um, but, you know, it's, it's hard because sometimes you drive bad equipment for just so long. Driving is a mental s- undertaking as much as it is anything else. And you kind of program yourself to deal with what your situation is. And I, it, it can, sometimes you can develop bad habits driving bad cars because you're trying to be more aggressive or drive a certain way to get more out of the car than what it's got. And I know that um, even Corey LaJoy kind of got away from some of those bad habits with the 32 car. And as soon as he did that, he, you know, he ended up actually running faster. And of course, I think the team improved as well a little bit. Um, so, you know, there's a lot to be said, but that I just thought that was a really interesting article Um and I like to react in real time to things I see on Twitter during these shows because obviously it's uh, it's fresh material and some of it can be very uh, discussion worthy. And I think that was an example of that. Um, so, again, uh, truck race getting ready to start here. Um, and we can get back to talking about trucks here. Who do you see coming out of tonight with, if you were picking a winner in the truck series, who are you going with?
2: I mean, the trucks haven't visited Richmond in over 10 years. I think tonight will be, and I have a veteran. I'm picking Matt Crafton for the win.
1: Ooh, wow. Okay. Well, I can see that because, again, experience would count. Um, But I just don't have that much faith in Matt Crafton, to be honest. And I'll tell you, Ben Rhodes winning last week, I think, may just be enough to uh, propel him to a second win in a row. But I'm not going to pick him. I'm actually going to pick Zane Smith. Because, you know, I've always had a philosophy. It's called, I believe what I see. And if you look at the top of the standings, you know, Sheldon Creed and Zane Smith have been the two hottest um, drivers as of late. And of course, them Ben getting the win last week. So we'll see uh, where that goes. We're going to step aside, be back with more of Motorsports Madness after this. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness. Uh, as we continue for another week with Motorsports Conversation, we've got uh, Sam Butler coming up shortly to uh, talk about his big breakout win at the Hickory Motor Speedway on Saturday of last weekend. I was there to see that. Uh, looking forward to catching up with him to talk to him about that. And also, of course, uh, we'll continue with more conversation with, uh, with um Our phone guest and co-host for the evening, Peter Strada from TSJ Sports. Okay, so I know that this is a particularly difficult time for a lot of people in terms of jobs and job losses and, uh, you know, people just really evaluating their future and thinking maybe we want to do something different. Maybe I need a change. Maybe I need more skills. Maybe I just want to you know, want to better my life somehow and get out of the career I've been in. Or maybe I need a first career because I'm graduating high school or college or even um, graduating or or coming off of a tour of duty in the service and just looking for a first career. So here's a great option for you, mycomputercareer.edu. These guys do it right. It's IT training. IT is one of the fastest growing industries on the planet right now, over 2 million cybersecurity jobs alone unfilled right now in this country. Way more demand for those jobs than there are supply of properly trained people to fill them. So how do you become one of those people? Simple. Go to mycomputercareer.edu. Take the career evaluation test. It's free of charge. If you feel that IT is a career that you might want to pursue It's this easy. They have financial aid available if you need it and you are eligible for it, Uh, even the GI Bill. And you can train one to two days a week online. That's it. One to two days a week online. And in as little as four months, you are set to go in a brand new career. And it's that easy when you're ready to go out into the workforce my Computer Career works with hundreds of employers to get you placed. They really seriously do. It's a great school. They're great people. I know them personally and uh, couldn't recommend them more highly. MyComputerCareer.edu. It is training for a better life. Take my advice and go. We'll be right back.
10: Here's an important message from Rad and this station.
3: The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hey, this is Reed Wilson, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back. As we continue with Motorsports Madness, uh, Tom Baker with you. And uh, I'm sitting in the WSIC studio in Statesville, North Carolina. Peter Strada from TSJ Sports is my co host for the evening, remotely social distancing uh, properly, all the way up in uh, High Point, North Carolina, about an hour or so from here, uh, High Point University area. And um, happy to have him with us. And also, we're going to have Sam Butler here shortly. Sam's going to talk to us about his big win at Hickory. And then if we're lucky, we may hear from Randy Miller, who's usually in the studio with us. Uh, Randy had to work tonight, but um, he uh, may give us a call here in a little while to help us with uh, sorting out our picks and, and where we're at and all the fantasy stuff. So, um, all right, very quickly, I want to get uh, kind of a lightning round in here with you. Um, and uh Peter, the Xfinity series, of course, putting on a fantastic show Um, again and again, a big finish. Somebody needs to explain to me, I thought NASCAR had said they weren't allowing Cup drivers to race in any other series but Cup this year, at least for the rest of the year. Um, Am I wrong about this? Because I'm wondering why Denny Hamlin was even in the race the other day.
2: They didn't say that for the rest of the year. They made that distinction for the Daytona road course because they didn't want anyone from CUP or any other series getting an edge up on a competition. Ah. Denny runs this one race at Darlington every year for Sport Clips, and that's why he was in the car this
1: weekend. I wondered about that and hadn't had time to research it, but uh, that clears it up. Denny uh, was in the uh, running for the win Until he and Ross Chastain got together uh, and Brandon Jones said, pass you very much, took the lead, went on to win his second race of the year. We've got about 30 seconds. Um, What does this mean for Brandon Jones going into the playoffs in terms of his momentum? I think we might. have. I thought we had him. I think we are you there? Nope, I think we lost him. We'll uh, see if we get him back. But uh, we'll we'll talk about that uh, coming up in our next uh, available segment here. We've got Sam Butler coming up, hopefully just after we get back from this break at about uh, 8 Eastern. So we'll be back with more Motorsports Madness right after this.
5: Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear.
4: Yeah. Street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps>
7: <laughs> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstopwrecks.org.
8: Don't blow it. Always choose
3: a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Louis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. That's 302 827 2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career.
10: Hi, this is Chandler Smith, and you're listening
11: to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back. As we get to the second half of the program here, um,. Let's, uh, if we can, Nike, let's bring both of our phone guests on. Um, we've got uh, Peter Strada still with us from TSJ Sports. And uh, we'll, we're going to have Sam Butler with us as well. Sam has, uh, Sam is kind of in the pits here, so to speak, on the grid waiting to come out on the track. We've got more breaking news, Peter. I don't know if you've seen this or not um because literally well no i guess actually it's about 2 hours old i don't know how i didn't see this before nascar has suspended driver mike wallace indefinitely on thursday for a behavior penalty in violation of the nascar <clears throat> rule book according to the penalty report wallace violated sections 12.1 12.8 12.81.e the last of which states this member actions that could result in a fine and or indefinite suspension or termination, public statement and or communication that criticizes, ridicules, or otherwise disparages another person based upon that person's race, color, creed, national origin, gender, sexual orientation, marital status, religion, age, or handicapping condition. Wallace also must perform sensitivity training as directed by NASCAR. And again, this is Mike Wallace, um, who has driven just uh, a few times for uh jd motorsports in the xfinity series now um i'm not going to read the the post um in this segment but we'll get to it that he was supposedly suspended for but i have to say peter first of all have you seen this
2: i did see it right before we came on air tonight and i gotta say it reminds me too much of what happened with larson back over the Easter weekend and his incident that resulted in his removal from graffiti and from the sport is entirely. And you hate to see it and hopefully uh Wallace learns a lesson.
1: Well, okay, maybe while um while we're talking to Sam here, if you can multitask Peter, maybe you can if you can go to the post, if you can find the post cuz I may be looking at a different post. Um, I'm looking at a post that supposedly is the one he was suspended for. And I'm really confused um, because I don't see where there's anything remotely controversial here. But that's why I'm saying maybe it's not the right post. So if you can find his uh, actual post that got him um, in trouble, maybe you can uh, just send it to me in our Facebook chat here. Um, And we'll we'll, we'll get it. Okay. so um, while... Peter is doing his research. Let's bring Sam Butler out as well. Um, Sam, are you there? Yes, I'm here. All right, man. Sam Butler, welcome to the show. It is good to have you on Motorsports Madness. Um, And for those who don't know Sam, Sam is from Indiana, uh, which means he should be an open-wheel driver, except he's not. He's uh, actually um, really turning some heads over here in the Carolinas, uh, for the way that he's come out of the box so strong in the NASCAR advanced auto parts weekly racing series late models um, I've been so used to wheeling week- weekly <laughs> it's just uh, advanced auto parts is the new uh, entitlement sponsor for that that series uh, this year and and um, it is throwing me for a huge loop so uh, when I read it as as slow as a snail that's why. Um, But in that series, uh, Sam is racing with, on a weekly basis, the number one and number two drivers in that championship points chase right now. Ryan Millington and Josh Berry, Uh, or it could be Josh then Ryan now because Josh had a little better night the other night. Um, So I'm not sure where that leaves the standings. I haven't seen the updated, but they're one and two anyway. And Sam is 16 years old. This is his first year racing in the series. He actually drives back and forth, um, comes round trip from Indiana every week to race at Hickory with Triple R Racing. And the other night in one of the track's two biggest races, the Bobby Isaac Memorial 100, Sam actually ran side by side with Ryan Millington for about 15 straight laps, uh, toward the end of the race before driving away from him, holding off Josh Berry, who never really even got close and picking up the win. Sam, um, how can you describe for our audience what that feels like?
6: Oh, I don't know if you can even put that into words. Um, (laughs) well, it's truly an honor to do that, and being my first year out um, it's it's definitely difficult i've ran with um Ryan and Josh for this whole year now, and um i've gotten used to the way they drive and I saw a hole this week or last weekend, and uh, I took it.
1: well, you certainly took it <laughs> that's for sure you went three wide um And, you know, ended up again, these are the two best in the, in the nation right now, at least from a points standpoint. Um, and you know, Josh Berry running for junior motorsports. That's Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s late model team. For those of you who don't know, um, and and Ryan Millington has been a past track champion there and is one of the, uh, he's still a young racer. I think he's uh, 18 still, or 19. He, is one of the best racers in the country. Pretty incredible to go out there and beat them that way. Um you didn't miss a trick all night long. Uh I think you qualified what fifth or started fifth quick. Um and we're we, uh, we actually we
6: actually fifth. started fourth. Fourth,
1: yeah. <laughs> I knew it was one of the other. Um and and you were in the top three basically the whole race. Um the car just looked like it was on rails.
6: It definitely was Tom. Um I couldn't have been happier with the car for Triple R Racing and PRW Chassis working on it this whole year, and the car was truly on rails Saturday night, and we rolled off Friday, and we barely changed the car from Saturday night's race. So, car was tip top shape the whole weekend. Um, it just felt so comfortable and so, you know, at home. Perfect. So, can't thank them enough.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting in that. I think that uh, when you look at the group of cars that you race with, I mean, everybody focuses on Ryan and Josh, because obviously they're the top two in points in the nation at this point, which is great publicity for Hickory Motor Speedway, by the way, and well-deserved. Yeah. Um, But they're not the only guys in the field that you've got to worry about on a typical Saturday night. I mean, you've got probably six or seven guys at least, um that that are plenty capable of jumping up and running for a win and you know it's a it's a stout field so talk a little bit about your background that has what's uh because for those who don't know you where did you start what got you into racing and just kind of walk us quickly we got about a minute and a half so just give us a quick synopsis in about a minute and a half sounds good um
6: so i was nine years old and i've always liked cars i've always liked being you know fast um so i really wanted to start racing i'm a first generation racer in my family and i started in quarter midgets we were pretty successful and then i was like you know what i want to move up the ladder we went to legend cars and then we were doing pretty good and then i won the bojangles summer shootout and um then i was like all right i really want to start you know moving now so we uh, hopped in a late model this year, and we've been knocking on Josh's door and Ryan's door for a while now, and we finally picked it up last weekend.
1: Yeah, uh, nice job. You didn't even take a minute. That was really impressive. <laughs> uh, now, uh, yeah, and, and I saw you race uh, what you told me the other day was actually your first time. I didn't know it at the time, but so it was your first time at Tri-County uh, Motor Speedway earlier this year, and you finished second to Jacob Hefner there as if you'd been running there for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs>
6: Yeah, um, Hickory has really taken a toll on me. Um, it really gets you ready for any track that you want to go tackle. So, um, I went to Tri County because we, you know, saw a Friday that we could go do it. So we did it. And, uh, Carr was solid there the whole weekend too. So we, uh, picked up second. I think we qualified around (laughs) third. And, uh, yeah, we picked up second there. And that was, that was truly, awakening because that was my first ever second grade or first ever second place finish in a late model so
1: now i had uh, heard of you prior to that but uh first time i had the chance to talk with you and it was very quick at tri county and then uh, of course we've gotten to know each other better here lately uh we're going to talk more to sam and also more with peter as we come back around the turn from this
4: Being personally involved in the racing community allows Victory to fully understand what racers need in a trailer. They have over 200 coaches and trailers in stock for a variety of industries, and they can serve anyone in the continental U.S. If you're looking for something custom, they can assist in designing a trailer to fit your needs. Check out their entire inventory online at VictoryCustomTrailers.com.
0: Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety
2: Hi, this is Spencer Boyd, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show.
1: Okay, welcome back trying to multitask here to make sure that I keep up with everything that's going on tonight. Uh, so those of you who are looking at me through a camera um, that see me on my phone, See me on, I'm not uh, playing Angry Birds. I'm uh, just trying to keep up with uh, everything being sent to me here during the breaks. So, um... Back to Motorsports Madness as we go uh, and continue with Sam Butler. Sam, again, if you missed the last segment, 16 years old from Indiana, picked up a big win at Hickory Motor Speedway last weekend uh, in the NASCAR late model division, beating the number one and number two drivers in the nation right now to win the Bobby Isaac Memorial 100. So, um, Sam, you, you you first year in late models and, you know, you've already won at Hickory. You've been up there several times, top three, top five. You had a second at Tri-County. I know that you went to Myrtle Beach for their final race of the year, and that didn't necessarily a final race ever, I I should more properly say. The track's being sold and won't be a racetrack anymore, sadly. Um, But uh, I know that didn't yield the result that you wanted, but where I want to go with this is, the team that you're with, Triple R Racing, every once in a while, I mean, I see drivers like you come and go all the time, um, different teams, different situations, and sometimes it works great, sometimes not so much. Um, you know, I've watched you race for for a few weeks now, um, and Saturday I, I spent more time, you know, kind of hanging around your, your area a little bit to kind of see... Um, I feel like you guys have an amazing bond and and I I can't understate at this level um, that Sam's racing at how important it is to be properly matched with the right personality as your crew chief and uh, the right team to drive for. It's not one size fits all in any way, shape or form. And I feel like Zach and the guys at Triple R are just the perfect situation for you right now.
6: For sure. I mean... I couldn't be happier with the team that I'm with right now. Um, they brought me under their wing when they saw me. They saw me win at Bojangle Summer Shootout, and they are like, you know, this kid's pretty good. So they brought me under their wing, and I tested in January, I'm pretty sure. And I, I fell in love with the car and how the team was treating me. Um, we've really grown like a family bond. Honestly, they are wonderful people to work with. I mean, you know, to the track, just to hanging out at the shop. I mean, PRW Chassis and Triple R Racing has really, you know, made me and, you know, made me a better better person and for sure a better race car driver. So um, it's really just the bond that I have with, you know, Zach Zach McDaniels, Steven Civitrice and Zach Bringer. Um, we really just, you know, connect. And I was very happy because I thought, you know, okay, now we're in the big time. You know, I don't know how this is going to go, but it went really well. And um, I couldn't be happier with the team that I'm with.
1: You've you've come out of the box so fast. I mean, it's very difficult when you're running a, a division like the late models, um, to be able to step up and run with the quality of competition that you're running with at Hickory Motor Speedway and be able to be successful, um, pretty amazing stuff to, to see you. How, what do you attribute that to? I mean, why why do you think if if you can put your finger on it that you were able to make such a quick adjustment from the legends cars to the late models?
6: Honestly, the uh, the late model feels. I know this is going to sound weird, but late model feels a lot like the quarter midget, like how it handles, how it turns into the corner by itself. Um, you know, it's a slick tire, um, which is different from legend cars because it's a grooved tire. You have to throw it into the corner. And you have to be really aggressive with it just to you know be fast. So um, with the late model, it's just a lot more. You know, you got to be calm. Calm is fast. You know, slow is fast. If you ever heard of that. So, yeah. Oh yeah. So it's um, it wasn't that big of a learning curve. It really just kind of drove. It kind of fit my driving style. Um, Legend cars was really hard to you know adapt to because of quarter midgets being such an easy car to drive. Um, so it was it was a very very easy learning curve for me personally. But it's also a lot easier with people that I am with. So I uh, can't thank them.
1: Enough. Now, you
6: are, you are
1: dyslexic, and I bring that up because I think that you know, any time that you can inspire someone or give them hope or lift them up, it's a good thing. How does your dyslexia, if at all, um, affect your racing?
6: For sure. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I have fought dyslexia my whole entire life. Um, it's really been difficult for me in school. And honestly it's you know, one of the things that I have to fight with every day, but I probably wouldn't be here racing today if I didn't have it. We moved up to Indiana because of um uh, my dyslexia to go to a, you know, special school for it. And I found racing in Indiana. So, um honestly if I didn't have dyslexia I probably wouldn't have found racing. Probably later down the road, but not how I have been today. Um honestly it 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 um Definitely messes with me for sure, but I love racing with a passion, and it just the drive to <laughs> the drive to drive or race is um very very strong for me, so i don't try to let it get in my way um, so I am actually very thankful for it honestly
1: does it play a part at all? Does it enter into your your scope in the racing sense or is it mostly just? you know with school with the books or whatever the situation what did, does it affect your racing at all and do you have to do things differently at all with regard to your racing because of it
6: yeah so it has no matter what i'm doing it messes with me every day for sure like i uh stutter when i talk sometimes i don't write easily that's why i use my phone to do stuff because it just autocorrects it um racing it difficult for sure but because racing fits my style so much it honestly just it's i've gotten used to it um for the interviews and the stuff that i have to write is a lot difficult for me because i procrastinate a lot because of it so um but i can't just keep on fighting keep on doing what i love
1: well, and that's uh that's the message to others uh with dyslexia, right? Is uh don't be stopped. Don't let it stop you from chasing your dream and doing uh what you want to do with your life.
6: For sure. I mean, it if you do have dyslexia, um just keep on rolling. Keep on doing what you love, keep on letting life take you places and just, you know, roll with the punches. So um, yes, if you do have dyslexia, you know what I'm talking about. Um, if you don't, it, it is difficult for me. So, and difficult for others as well. So just keep on doing what you love, keep on going through the punches and you will definitely, uh, feel a lot better about yourself if you accomplish something that you couldn't or if you think you couldn't have with it. So
1: about a month or so ago, you, uh, joined race face brand development, um, how has that played a part over the last month with you? And, and, uh, what do you feel like the advantages are that, that have helped you? And what, you know, what, what are you getting out of that that contributes to your racing?
6: Um, Rod and them guys over there at, you know, race space are just crazy. Good people to work with. Um, they've really, they've really made my attitude going into the weekend better. Um, they have helped me with a lot. They made my website, and I couldn't have been happier with it. So um, they've really made me push myself to do things that I didn't think I could do. Like, I do all my posts every weekend now, and I've been trying to keep up with that as well as racing and learning about the car. And But uh, it's uh, become more of a normal thing because of them, so I'm very thankful for them over there.
1: Well, uh, it it definitely is a, a budding career for you, for sure. You've uh, yeah. you've made about as big of an impact in your first year running a late model at Hickory Motor Speedway as uh, any driver I've seen in a while, um, and almost universal respect too. I mean, you've really you you know every rookie has those moments where you make the rookie mistake, and um, there may have been one somewhere along the way, but I. Can't put my finger on what it would be, I know you had some issues with shifting uh for part of a night a couple of weeks ago, but again, those are things that you just kind of go through as you're trying to adjust everything and for the most part you've had a pretty uh smooth sailing kind of year, and I'm knocking some wood here next to me in the studio because obviously I don't want to jinx it for you
6: <laughs> well, thank you for that because we did start out rough, but we've definitely you know have gotten a lot better and I've gotten a lot better. The team's gotten a lot better. The conversations that we've had, the communication is just, everything is just better now. So, I mean, obviously I won last weekend, and it's uh, crazy how much I didn't think I, even myself, didn't think I could, you know, go this far in just one year. Um, but it's uh, definitely a whole different a whole different experience for sure
1: okay you got 30 seconds who helps you make it happen
6: all righty so i'd like to thank uh triple r racing prw chassis tiger rear Ends, um race Base, foj foundation and that's it right now
1: Okay, well, uh, SamButlerRacing.com is the website, Sam Butler Racing on social media. Uh, Thanks for joining us, Sam. We really appreciate it. Uh, You'll be back in the saddle again this weekend to go try and defend that win and make it two in a row. And we uh, wish you all the best with that. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. That is Sam Butler, and uh, good to uh, have him on the show. He is definitely somebody to watch. So if you're listening to the show, I encourage you to go follow him. On his social media, Sam Butler Racing, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and also sambutlerracing.com for the website. Um, We're going to talk once again with Peter Strada as we continue after this.
10: For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council.
6: Hi, this is Derek Gross, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Motorsports Madness. As we continue with uh, this week's show, uh, we've had Peter Strada with us all show long, he is from TSJ Sports and is uh, very well-versed in NASCAR and the racing world. And um, we've kind of had a NASCAR-themed show, not necessarily because that's all we wanted to talk about, but there's just been so doggone much going on with all the breaking news stories and uh, obviously the playoffs and all of that. Um, we're Hopefully, we'll hear from Randy Miller at some point here um, as far as... Uh, talking fantasy and such he should be calling us here shortly so we'll, we'll bring him in on the conversation as well but um we started to talk about the xfinity series uh peter and again the uh, the finish last week with brandon jones getting his second win um and uh, man i uh, I never thought that I would, and, and this is not a knock on Brandon Jones. I'm a huge fan of Brandon's, super nice kid. And I've always thought that he's he's been overdrawn at the luck bank for like two years. Um, and finally, this year, he's, he's starting to have some of that luck come back. But I never thought I'd be saying going into the Xfinity Series playoffs that Brandon Jones has to be ranked as one of the real contenders to win a championship, Peter.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, a win still late in the regular season and in the fashion, he got it. You got to think we'll give that Joe Gibbs team all the momentum in the world heading into the regular season finale in a couple of races and then eventually the championship run.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy uh, him getting the win in that, uh, that series again when um, Ross Chastain and Denny Hamlin tangled. Um, it, it didn't knock them out. It just... Uh, they, they kind of just slipped basically. And, um, you know, got into each other and fell back a little bit and on, on to the win went, uh, Brandon Jones, pretty amazing. Again, pretty amazing finish. Uh, we've seen this in Xfinity all year long. It never seems to be the same two drivers. Um, but, uh, we, we've seen these kind of last lap sort of incidents or close finishes and, uh, you know this benefited Brandon Jones. Chastain hung on for second. Ryan Sieg getting a huge third place finish, and again, big for him as we head toward the head uh, toward the playoffs as well.
2: Absolutely, and Sieg he had a heck of a day because he spun on that free, bring out the first caution in that thirty nine car, just battled back all day. They spent a lot of the time a lot down, but fought and clawed their way somehow to finish third, which I believe his his career best
1: finish. Yeah, I think it is for sure. Riley Herbst, fourth. Denny Hamlin ended up fifth. Then Harrison Burton, Noah Gregson, Michael Anetta, Austin Hill. And there's Myatt Snyder. Um, talked about this on, uh, on the inside pass yesterday. There's Myatt Snyder hanging around again in the top 10, finishing 10th with uh, the seed team car. That young man has done a tremendous job with that particular car he's been splitting Well, he spent most of his time in that car but then he also has been uh spending he spent a few races worth of time in the uh 21 for richard childress racing as well um maya just doing a great job man
2: absolutely i mean he's a bit of a long shot to make the playoffs. he's trying to get up there into the points battle he's just a little ways out but for being in that Uh, 93 car most of the races that's no small uh achieving that's a win for them
1: yeah for sure uh okay i think do we have randy on the phone as well uh okay randy miller is with us uh randy not in studio tonight because uh his regular work responsibilities took him out of town um but uh, is joining us via the strutmasters.com other hotline uh we've had both phone lines buzzing tonight it's uh, great to have that much activity honestly um randy welcome to the show and uh we've been talking xfinity a little bit um you want to qu- chime in with your thought on uh, brandon jones big win over the weekend uh, again never thinking that we'd be saying that he would be one of the favorites going into the playoffs to contend for a championship at the rate he's going
11: Well, you know, every time he wins a race, it always seems like he comes from out of nowhere. So you never never really can count him out no matter what race he's in. But it's good to see other guys get an opportunity to show what they can do. And I, I think when we get to the playoffs and we start talking about you know, obviously the Austin Cendricks and the Chase Briscoes of the world. I think you you have to put in a case for Brandon Jones because you just never yeah. know when he's going to win. He yep. comes from out of nowhere and he surprises you a lot of the time.
1: Well, so. and again, remember, I mean, we go to Phoenix. It's one. It's winner take all, pretty much. I mean, that's how yeah. this deal goes. You got to beat the other, uh, the other three guys that are left in the playoffs with you. So yeah, I agree totally. Okay, so while I've got you guys both here, I mentioned that Mike Wallace had been suspended indefinitely by NASCAR for his conduct. Um, This afternoon is when that happened. Now, um, the most recent post that he has on his uh, Facebook, and this is not, I don't think this is what got him in trouble. I'm not going to read the whole post, Um, but it basically was a post pursuant to um, you know, his as, as he travels across the U.S., um, you know, he he kind of sees different political views, and and uh, you know, he and uh, apparently a four star military general that he spent time with in the Middle East, um, had had some conversations about uh, you know, not really getting into a conversation about politics or religion unless you're really smart, um. And, you know, the four star general compared it to it's like being balanced on a single edge razor blade. If you slip, you'll get cut. Um, And, you know, he says, think about that before we all make a foolish, uneducated post. Um, I don't think there's anything there that gets you suspended. However, um, I think if you look at a couple of his other recent posts, um, you know, on on his Facebook then you start to get a slightly different picture of, you know, why NASCAR saw fit to uh, take the action that they're taking. Um, I, I want to get both of you to kind of give your opinion. I'll start with you, Randy, and I don't know how much you've even had a chance to research this. But um, if you haven't, then you can defer to uh, uh, just go ahead and d- defer over to uh, Peter. But um, what is your Take on this.
11: Well, I, I mean, I'm actually. I, I'm reading. I was reading the story as you were talking about it, and okay. I mean, the first thing that came to my mind is he's 61 years old. So, at what point did you just talk r- rubbish, random thoughts, yeah, <laughs> and don't ever really make any sense when you're talking? But, I mean, NASCAR has a rule in place. Obviously, that rule you know prohibits you from from saying or doing anything that you know may or may not hurt the image of the sport. So whether he said something or did something or, you know, whatever. I guess that's not really the point. But to me, it's just funny that, you know, we're we're talking about a guy who hasn't been relevant in our sport in 15 or 20 years um, and really only has ran, what, two races for JD Motorsports this year, and they were both road course races, if I'm not mistaken. So Yeah, all three of
1: them. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I
11: mean, he's not really going to be a huge loss to the sport. I mean, I hate to say that. I'm sorry, Mike, all the fans. But, you know, I mean, it's not like we're talking about, you know, Austin Dillon, or you know Joey Logano, or somebody making those comments. So, um, you know, I, some things I guess can be overlooked. I guess it just depends on what the situation is. But you know, I mean, the, that rule has been in our sport for you know forty years. You, you don't talk bad about the sport in any way, shape, or form. And when you do, you get help. So.
1: Well, I don't think it was even that he was talking bad about the sport. I think he was. It was more of the political aspect. And and again, I think some of this is some of this is um, you know what. Uh, is what he said prior to today, not necessarily what he said today. Peter, would you agree or no?
2: Looking back on what he posted on his Facebook, what other people have reposted on Twitter, yeah, I think it wasn't what he posted today, the apology or explanation that got him in trouble. It was past activity that NASCAR likely took issue with. And given what he said, I'm not going to repeat it here, but... I think NASCAR took the proper protocols here. They stuck the letters of the law, which is what they should have done.
1: Yeah, I mean it's just tough because again, sometimes, and I want to be careful how I say this here, my even myself. Sometimes it's the it's the position that you're in in life that matters too a little bit. Because um, you you know, I might post something that we could say, well, okay, that's a fact. But then if someone else who's a a celebrity posts it and puts different words into it, it takes the fact now and makes it somehow an opinion. And sometimes it can be a negative one. And I think that's where Mike's, um, you know, Mike just isn't very focused here. Um, You know, there's some stuff here that I just don't think he should have posted, um, period, regardless of his situation. Um, But, you know, you just, when you're inside when you're a when you're a celebrity uh, and this is why sometimes I see some celebrities get away with things that others don't. And that, that makes me really angry to be honest, because I don't, I think it should be universal across the board. What's good for one should be good for everybody. Um, But we know that's never the way it works, Peter. And, and I just, yeah, I, I mean, I think what's here. Yeah. I think NASCAR, They wanted to pull him out before he did anything else he should have done, you know, said something that was really off the wall um, and just, you know, kind of um, sit him down. He's going to have to go through sensitivity training. And uh, so, you know, you just, um, you you can't, you got to be real careful when you're in an organization, whether it's NASCAR or the NFL or whatever, you can't, you can't do anything that reflects badly on that sport. And I think there are some things here that probably uh, fall under that situation without much doubt
11: that that sensitivity training class is getting full (laughs)
1: yeah it is Uh, well um, I think Kyle Larson learned his lesson and I think uh, Mike Wallace and by the way for those of you out there who may want to ask the question Mike and Bubba not related Um, no relation there Mike is actually uh, the brother of Kenny Wallace and Rusty Wallace there so that clears that up Bubba Wallace not related to either any of them Um, yeah, so I don't know, guys. Uh, anyway, we move on. Randy, real quick, uh, where are we with regard to fantasy here?
11: All right, let me pull it up real quick. So after uh, Nick won this past weekend with Harvey, now he has a little nine-point lead over Jacob, who picked Denny Hamlin, and then Tommy and you picked uh, Chase Elliott, which we thought we were going to be really, really good. <laughs> yeah,
1: I wasn't going to it quickly. Yeah.
11: Uh, so now we're 14 back, and, of course, uh, Red has, this uh, for Bell, have finished 34th, and now he's 46 back, so. Um, okay. We
1: right now. So we got about a minute and a half here. So um who uh we know that uh, yesterday on the inside pass, we know that uh, Martin Truex was the pick for Nick DeGroote. Who did you who did uh, Jacob pick?
11: Um actually Jacob never sent me his pick, so I don't have his pick yet, but I will get it before race time starts. Um but I picked Vinny Hamlin because it's Richmond and it's the home turn.
1: Okay. So uh we're gonna give Jacob Quinn Hoff. Only kidding, Jacob um but you gotta get your picks in on time come on man um okay so who picks next uh that would be you oh well okay uh we're we're at richmond um and i'm tempted to pick kyle bush because i think kyle's due to break out any time but uh i also picked denny hamlin yesterday so i have to stick with that all right uh go and ahead then- peter
2: I guess I'm making it a clean sweep, because I am also picking Dennis, the hometown menace, to get another one at Richmond <laughs> Raceway.
1: See, now, you just called Denny a menace, and when somebody hears this show, you're going to get hate mail. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then you're going to world to Denny Hamlin. I just wanted to make the reference.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're going to get booed. And then there, there are a number of people who will go, menace? Why did you call him a menace? Uh, there used to be well, a sh- with Dennis the Menace. It was an old cartoon. Come on, people.
11: Um, I, I figure that uh, you know he has to keep up with Kevin Harvick, and Harvick won last week, so he yeah, has to get that. he's do
1: that's exactly the way yeah. this works. Okay, Sorry. so uh, by the way, uh, as we close the longest uh, last segment, we got one more radio segment left. But to restart lap eighty three of tonight's truck race, Zane Smith in the lead, Grand M Finger in second. Back in a moment.
0: It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force.
2: Hi, I'm Cody Connor, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show.
1: Okay, final radio segment here, uh, and just seeing Jacob Seelman, who not is not here tonight, uh, but is uh, reporting on the Truck Series event. Derek Kraus, at this point in the truck race, just shy of uh, fifty to go in stage two, splitter is dragging. He's running seventeenth, and Derek is on the outside looking in. We talked about him earlier, um, as you know, the one outside the bubble right now, but he's, uh, so he's, he's gotta make some changes here. If he's going to end up with, uh, a playoff spot, this is the cutoff race for the truck series tonight. Okay. Uh, guys, we've got, uh, about a minute left here. Um, so real quickly, I'm going around the table cup series playoff bubble. You've got, um, Kurt Busch, Eric Almirola, Clint Boyer, Cole Custer, Okay, after Richmond, who is the bottom two? Who are the bottom two? Bush, Almaroa, Boyer, Custer. Uh, we'll go Randy first. 40 seconds.
11: Custer and Boyer. I think it stays the same.
1: Okay, Custer and Boyer. Are you going to disagree with him, Peter?
2: Uh, a little bit. I'll go Di Benedetto and Custer. I just don't think Di Benedetto can make up enough points to get into the top 12.
1: My bad, I forgot uh, we had Benedetto and Blaney stuck in there as well. My computer was stopped at 14. Um, So, yeah, okay, Benedetto for you. I'm actually going to, I don't believe that, I'm going uh, Almerola and Custer. I actually think those are the bottom two. Uh, So, hard to believe that uh, after this week we're already to the third race of round one. We'll be back
0: uh, next week. Bye. You've been listening to Motorsports Madness powered by MyComputerCareer.edu.